Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. The theme for this month is uh, the power of belonging, and belonging is important. People desire to belong. Actually, it's in our DNA because as we were evolving physically and, and uh, spiritually and mentally and emotionally to evolve, we had to cooperate. To evolve, we needed each other. Individuals did not survive too well in the wilderness. Maybe it's because our claws weren't as good as others and we didn't run as fast as some of the predators and we had no great teeth to bite into things. So just genetically, we needed each other, if nothing else. But I want to talk a little bit more about belonging, but make it more specific and to belong to a community. Because we can belong, we can also belong to, a, I don't know, um, <laughs> we can belong to, a, belong to a flower club, we can belong to a book club, we can belong to a mother's group, we can belong to a co-op, and, but I'm not sure that that is the same as belonging to a community. Now, because I want to define community. Community is a network of relationships that support the well-being of the participants. The well-being of the participants. If I go, I can, I, I might, there's, if I ever, please don't, don't take this literally, but if I ever retired, <laughs> I would join uh, an outback horse group where they go out and pack in and, and pack out. The problem is I'd only pack in and then I'd leave because I'm not camping. But anyway, <laughs> I like the idea of the horseback ride. I could belong to that group, I'd learn from that group, but that group is not there to support me in my own evolution and my own well-being. Do you see the difference? <laughs> what, that, that starts to show up, though, in, in, in kind of communities forming. I've not watched it in classes and in sacred travel and in this thing that we call sanghas, which is a Buddhist term for a collection of people who are there to support each other through their evolution, their spiritual evolution. This means it's not the same as I drop in and visit. It's a little bit different. Community allows us to support others, I mean, to be supported when we need it, but also to support others when we have a sense of well-being. So it's, it, it circles. It goes, it's, it's like the, a term that they have in Peru called Aini, which is, I care for you, you care for me, I care for you, I care, care for me. And it's, it's a circular thing. And it's a beautiful thing. It allows us to practice bridge building, to build a bridge. Um, and to build bridges, we need to find and honor our commonalities, not magnify our differences. When we magnify differences, we build fences, not bridges. And so I'm just thinking of the song, Love Can Build a Bridge, which is a lovely idea. And there's a problem with bridge building. And you know what it is. I'm just going to say it out loud and let's just get it out of the way. Others. They're annoying. <laughs> you know, this is supposed to be a truth teaching. Not a, not a let's all be, you know, love and light and bubbles teaching. Some people are annoying. How many of you have ever been annoyed? 
I should see more hands. Okay, there you go. I mean, come on, who hasn't been annoyed? You know, by sometimes little things, big things, we get annoyed. That's, and, and so in a community, guess what? We have a chance to be annoyed and get over it. And, and to build bridges so that we can then build bridges outside of a community. So that we're learning. It's just a, it's a playground for discovering the tools of compassion. That's, that's all it is. Now, why are people so annoying? They are annoying. Why are they so annoying? They are annoying because in the process of it individuating, because a baby doesn't know the difference between itself and its mother. And as children develop, they, then they belong to this little group, and then they start to individuate. And words start to show up in their vocabulary like, no. You're not the boss of me. Why? Fun, fun words. And then they individuate even more and more and more to the place where sometimes they don't want anything to do with those people that they grew up with. How many of you were there? I didn't have to individuate because I was a feral child. <laughs> no, really. How many of you were feral children? You left the house at 8, be home for dinner. After dinner, you run out. If it's, if it's daylight, you run out to be with your friends again. Be back before bedtime. How many of you were there? We were feral. They never asked where I was. Sometimes they'd send a sandwich. <laughs> I didn't need to individuate. I was individual. But, some, but sometimes we still need to do that. So I didn't need to rebel because... I was my own character. <laughs> Just ask. <laughs> but people in their, in their process of individuating, whether it's with your family or, or just with, with the society around you, we build preferences. And preferences are great. They're perfect. It's, it's wonderful. It's normal. It's natural. It's good. Preferences serve us. That's why Tim and I never eat each other's ice cream. Because I'm not eating that berry stuff. And he's not eating the peanut butter and chocolate. So we're, I can open up the freezer at any time, and my, I know my ice cream will be there. And it won't be touched. That preferences are good. The problem is, is when we become so attached to our preferences, like how to cook a roast, or how dare you cook a roast, how you vote, the right way to worship and what to call God. I mean, there is a discussion in my wonderful um, group of other ministers about how we should stop using the word God because it's offensive to some people. And I thought, somehow spirituality and God sort of go together. I'm not sure what the problem is. But, okay, call it the original expression of all life and intelligence that expresses itself through all creation from the beginning and will be at the end. But it's so much shorter to say God. <laughs> I mean, it just really is. So when you hear God, if you're offended or a, a button is pushed, then just insert word that works for you because it doesn't care and we don't care. But I've got 
only about 25 minutes, and I can't give you all the names that it could be called in that now amount of time. So I'll just abbreviate. We, we have, we even have amazingly varied preferences for how to create a better world and how it should be done. The problem is, is when we think our preference is the way to create a better world and your way of creating the better world is not, is not okay. Actually, there's a study, and I, oh, I didn't bring it with me, but a woman made a study and she said, uh, her last name is Macy, M-A-C-Y, if you wanna find her. Um, she said that, that people contribute to the world in three ways. One is to be an activist, one is to be a, a builder, an activist, will go out and, and say, oh, holy hell no to what's going on. A builder goes inside the systems and redo it from the systems, and the others are called consciousness builders, and they do it by doing internal work. All three are just as powerful as the other two. And, and you follow your way, and your way is not the only way. And yet I hear that. you got to be doing this. Well... We're all doing our, if we care about the world, we're going to do it in a way that works for our personality and our own consciousness. And we have to honor that and honor that in other people. So, this is a community. And so, we base the community on what we have in common. And I would say, what we have in common is not so much what's on the outside, although, you know, we could look at this and say, okay, there's some commonalities here. But what we really have in common is a desire to have an experience of spirit, an experience of the spiritual. Now, I want to just tell you a little bit about what I believe the spiritual is. This is just my definition, so you know where I'm coming from when I talk about it. My definition for spirituality is a need to connect with something greater than ourselves. But that's not all. Because then it could just be a hungry, aching need. You know, according to some people, um, people have a need to connect to something greater than themselves, but they don't connect, so then they fill themselves with other stuff, like, like drugs or activities or processes um, to fill that need. So it's not just you need, but it's also that you seek to connect. You desire to connect, you connect, and then you are blessed by the fruits of that connection. So that there's actually the filling up. In such a way that life becomes more fulfilling and more satisfying. See, we, we are so beyond the law of attraction, which is such a tiny little narrow focus on this thing called spirituality. When we seek spirit for spirit's sake, spirit fulfills itself through us, and good things begin to happen. Jesus said it this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things shall be added unto you. And what we're saying is, seek your connection, establish the connection, and live from that connection, and things seem to just go better. They, you know, like I should just have this new slogan. We should have it. Oh, I got it. We've wanted to know what to put on this side of the street. Things go better with God. I think. <laughs> but who knows what Coca-Cola would say about that anyway. 
But anyway, so we, uh, uh, I know I have notes all over. I, I was making notes when I was in Egypt, so I've got to make sure that I want to do all of this. What religions do is give you, any religion at its heart, gives you a path or a technique or a, um, a plan for connection. And their plan, if it works, is good. Some of you are here because what you were used to didn't work anymore. And it may be a time that this won't work anymore. What counts is that you can, can connect and that you can feel that connection. T.R. Dan, I'm going to lead you just a little bit more, said that the highest name for God, and this is also showing up in other religions, is love. And that love is the draw that leads all people back to their origins. So the more we know God, the more we will know love. And the more we know love, the more we will know God, which is that, that connection thing. That connection thing. And, uh, and then there's many blessings because of that kind of connection. We want to build this community on love and connection. Not just, I go here on Sunday. I mean, you can do that. You can just participate that way. But wouldn't it be great to know that you are allowing that connection to, to serve you when you need it and to contribute when you can't have it, whether it's your time or your talent or whatever? See, belonging can also happen not out of love or out of this desire for for um, blessings or out of a commonality called God, belonging can also happen because, unfortunately, for hate. Or just a desire to not be lonely anymore. And then it's, I don't think that really serves the heart as much. So, if love is a word for God and we're starting to connect with God... It shows up in people as compassion. It shows up in people as compassion. And what I'm realizing just recently, because I've once again been introduced to the, wor- to the works of Cindy Wigglesworth. And really, that's it, Wigglesworth. It sounds like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> she studied the development of, she studied the development and how to measure spiritual intelligence. And she did this for years and years and years, at least 15 years of really doing studies. Uh, how do people mature spiritually? I mean, we have measurements for emotional mature, no, no emotional intelligence and, and, and intellectual intelligence mental intelligence, and so how do we measure and grow in spiritual intelligence? And so I'm just going to take one aspect of what she talked about, which is how we grow in compassion, because God shows up in us as compassion. Now, people will sometimes say God's compassionate. No, God's not compassionate. God's just love. But it acts through us compassionately. Love in action is compassion. And it moves through us. And, and it's, th- it's thrilling. How many, many of you have just been taken over by this, not even desire or need, but just found yourself 
being an instrument of God. How many of you have felt that? It's thrilling. It's filling. That's compassion. Uh, I do weird things in Egypt because people expect it. (laughs) Actually, I think I'd like to do it here. That would be weird. So what we do is we take priests, uh, men, and we make them priests of Horus or Sete or whoever, and and they actually take on that assignment, and they, they become it. And then they activate the priestesses by activating their mind and their heart, and they become priestesses. They just do. I mean, how do you think they did it thousands of years ago? They just did it. Like, we make something so complicated. It is so easy to become great. I mean, really. They're these, they're so these, these, and I watch them, like, they get activated, like, I mean, really, I'm not making this up. How many of you have been a priest or a priestess in Egypt? It wasn't, you felt it, didn't you? And then, so we go to the temple of Isis and the priestesses take, just they're doing, they get the four corners of the Holy of Holies, which we have to ourselves for two hours. And they just, I said, just, just create magic in the room. And they said they just, something just flowed through them. They just said, I'm supposed to create magic, and they were creating magic. There were orbs and lights flying all over the place, and it was pitch dark. It was so cool. (laughs) This is what's possible when you just let God use you. So let's let God use us to become compassionate today. Who's in? All right. So first you have to know the stages So you know where you are. So that if you are at any stage, you can always say, Father, Mother, God within, give me a little more love. You know, I'll take a double shot of love. Because sometimes we are, we're going to have the list. This is according to uh, Cindy Wigglesworth. (laughs) I can't even say it, Wigglesworth. Gosh, darn. Anyway, some people show up as antithope. Yeah. Anyway, that word, (laughs) which basically means you annoy me. I am irritated in your presence. You don't click with any of my preferences. In fact, you push all my buttons. This is what happens when we judge people by the outside. We don't get to know them. I don't want to know you. I look at something about you and I don't care about it. It shows up in hate crimes, like people are killing people. Why? Because they go to that synagogue or that mosque or, or whatever. Right after 9-11, anybody wearing a turban was fair game for some people because they were different and who knows who they are. And they took out all their anger on anybody that looked suspicious. That's that word. But you're not there. But sometimes we just get a little bit of it. Not bad, just... Don't want to sit by him. Who, you know? I I was tested. I was tested in my own neighborhood when, at a certain time of the me being in the neighborhood, a new group, a new family moved in, and oh, they looked wonderful, cute kids, and the guy would drive around with a Confederate flag flying from his big pickup. 
and I, I had such a chance to go into that word. Like, what? Manny's a nice guy. I don't, know what it's, I don't know what that thing is about, but he's good to his kids. He's good to the neighborhood. Then a step up is apathy. Apathy is neutral, disinterested. I don't care. So what? I mean, isn't it awful that apathy is a step up? <laughs> I don't care. I'm... Uh, it's okay. The more we associate with spirit, the more love will start to take over. Be suspicious because you might move into sympathy. Sympathy is, is I see you, I see your hurts, and it bothers me. Unfortunately, the energy in sympathy is I'm one up and you're one down. And I have some pity. And nobody likes pity. How many of you have ever liked pity? It's, it's, mm. so then you say, okay, more father, mother, God, or whatever you want to call it, that which is within me, I'll take a double dose of love. And then we get to move into empathy. And empathy is a peer-to-peer emotion. Your sadness is my sadness. My heart expands because I feel your hurt. It is actually a developmental shift where you feel what others feel, you start to feel oneness. Unfortunately, it can become incredibly difficult because it can blow our circuits and we feel powerless to do anything. And so therefore, we withdraw and we isolate because this just hurts too bad. I don't want to know. Then we hide. Don't tell me what it is. We avoid seeing pain. We avoid seeing others in pain. We just... We're not, it's not apathy, it's self-protection. But if we continue to say, Father, Mother, God within, give me another dose of some love. I want more love. Fill me with love, we can move into compassion. Compassion is that we keep our empathetic connection to others without feeling overwhelmed. The distress circuits in our brain are managed and not blown. We can be fully present and, and take wise action without burnout. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Because I've watched people, you know, we have, when sometimes the heart opens and it's like we don't even know what to do with it. Well, guess what? We can't do anything with it. Just like those people who become the priestesses, they didn't, they didn't act like priestesses. They became priestesses. We don't act compassionate. We are compassionate. We become the love of God in form. And we let it move us in wise ways because spirit knows better than we do. So that we don't act out of what I would like. We actually know what they might really like. There's a whole difference. Some people want to be held. Some people want to be left alone. And we know what to do because we're not doing it. Wow, that's amazing. It is so cool. I mean, I don't know of anything that I love more than to watch God work around me, through me, but not me. 
I'm not making this stuff up. Um, when we, you know, from my last Egypt trip, I'm just, this was a mixed bag. This just it's a mixed bag. But what was so fun is there were about, I don't know, five or six of us that were really into the mystical, and we would just be in each other's presence and know God, and we had, we had healings, physical healings, immediate, instantaneous healings, and nobody did it. We just had to be in awe. Our God is an amazing God. And that's what can happen when we just keep saying, and I'll take some more love, please. And I'll take some more love, please. And I'll take some more love, please. And a community gives us a place to share that love and to practice. Because guess what? People are people, and somebody's going to irritate you. Even in this room. Amongst you are irritators. <laughs> and you don't even know that you're there. And you don't even know why. But it doesn't matter. We get to practice more love, please. More love, please. More love, please. And our heart grows. And we find ourselves being used. Now that's cool. Let us pray. So I just give thanks that I know that the love of God that brought us here today is the love of God that can fill us in any instant. And we allow that love to expand our heart and to give us the capability to be used by God for purposes so much greater than ourselves, And to just watch. You know, there's actually a whole group of people that call this practice the high watch. We just allow ourselves to keep our attention on that which is greater than ourselves, and we watch it start to work. Yippee-ki-yay, hallelujah, and so it is.